0: Well, again, uh, good morning. It's great to have you here. If you're joining us online, welcome. Uh, I do want to bring you up to speed on a couple of things that are happening, uh, just changes that are happening within uh, Silver Creek. Um, You may have noticed over the last couple of weeks, uh, David Grisham, who has been our worship director uh, for nearly 15 years, uh, David has made uh, a very difficult decision, but recognized uh, the need to step down from that position. Um, He just has lots of things going on in life and boys and family and all of those things and the extra pressure. Um, of all of the responsibilities that takes place. And obviously, um, we see our worship team for about 20 minutes on a Sunday morning, uh, but all of the pressures of scheduling and and all of that and organizing and all. And so um, just for David's health, um, he's stepping back and he's still going to be around and still going to be involved. So um, if you see him, give him a big hug, tell him that you love him and appreciate him. um, But he's still going to be around and uh, we value uh, what he brings. And so we'll still be leaning into him. Um, So just give you a heads up on that, uh, that that's happening. Uh, And along with that, what that means is that in the last couple of months, we've had three different staff members that have basically reached that same situation in their life where they recognize um, this is just, for them, it's a part-time gig, very part-time, but it also takes up a lot of their time. Uh, And so with families and with personal ministries that people are involved in and pursuing careers, um, uh, Travis and Monica and then now David have all recognized just the value for them to step back. And so uh, in February, we're going to take an opportunity to just really recognize them and thank them for all of their time and all of their services. Uh, The amazing thing is that none of them are going anywhere. Um, We've actually made them all sign contracts. that they can, they can step down from their positions, but they can't step away from Silver Creek. And so all of them uh, are sticking around uh, as far as we can tell. Uh, and so if you see any of them, you can thank them for all their years of service and uh, just so much great ministry. And so a uh, big thank you to them. This morning, uh, you may have noticed uh, multiple times now, uh, we have mentioned that my name is Brent. Okay, many of you may already know that. Um, and that's just... That's what people call me. That's my name. My name is Brent. If you happen to know my email, my email is brent at silvercreekfamily.org. Brent is what I go by. If I put a name tag on, if I show up somewhere, you know, what is my name? It's Brent. I put that on me. What many of you may not know uh, is that my first name is not Brent. My first name is actually Stephen. So my name is Stephen Brent, middle name Brent. Hudson, and uh, I was named after my dad, my dad's name is Steven, he goes by Steve, um, and really I think what happened is my mom liked the name Brent, but she wanted to honor my dad Steven, and she really mostly didn't want to get us confused when she was mad at one of us, um, <clears throat> she wanted to be able to, if she was yelling, it was understandable, there was no confusion, uh, and so I have always gone by Brent, so that's pretty much my reality all the time in life, the only time that changes is when I go to the doctor's office. There have been times that I've been at the doctor's office and the nurse comes out and she's like, Stephen. Stephen? And finally, I'm like, oh, that's me. And you could just see in her face, she's like. <laughs> Most of the patients that come in here, they know their name. So we know what we're going to evaluate uh, at this point. So. Um, what's kind of funny is my oldest son, Cade. Uh, his middle name is Cade. His first name is also Stephen. Uh, we just thought turnabout's fair play, so let's mess his life up, too. Um, <laughs> but Cade found it really fun in high school. Uh, during the first day of classes, the teachers were going through and reading off the names, and they would read through, and they would come to Stephen, and they would say, Stephen. And he would be here, and they're like, but he's like, uh, Stephen, but it's pronounced Cade. And then, so that was, anyway But there were those moments in my life, uh, you know, at the Department of Licensing or the doctor's office Where normally I'm Brent, and for a moment, I kind of take on the new you And I have to pretend I have to be a Steven in that moment And sometimes in our lives, what we recognize is that there's moments, there's situations, there's times There's things as life changes where we begin to recognize, I have to make a change have to take transition and so maybe you need to change your name probably not most oftentimes in our lives there's things that we need to adjust we might need to adjust an attitude we might need to change an action there might be a habit that we've got that we need to adjust and those things we need to begin to make those changes to really be able to develop and establish what we're talking about in a series called the new you recognizing that there's things in our lives that sometimes we're headed in a certain direction and if we don't make those adjustments We can't become the new you that we're intended to be So last week we started this series and and really recognize that for most of us in our life There's some areas that we need to change if we're going to get the most out of the life that we've been given Last week, we highlighted some words that were written by a guy named paul paul was an early church leader And he was writing a letter to a church uh, that had formed just shortly after jesus time on earth Uh, That's on your screen and it's going to be in your message notes, but sort of the theme for our series Paul wrote this he says this means that anyone who belongs to christ has become a new person The old life is gone. A new life Has begun See jesus didn't just come to to just give us life He came to give us new life He came to help us not stay the same old person that we were before we knew him His mission was to come and give us a new life, to help us become a new person. Because when we begin to understand that new person and that new life, it allows us to fully begin living within the freedom that He provides. And last week, we looked at probably the most important area of our life that we need to get right, an area that unless we get it right, none of the other ones will really matter. We talked last week about how do we develop and how do we encourage and how do we become the new you that you need to be spiritually. If you happen to have missed that or if you slept through it, um, you can jump on. Only two people got that. Anyway, uh, you can listen on the app or you can go online um, and you can catch that again. But this morning, I want to move into and talk about what the Bible has to say about our physical health. See what God has to say about our physical bodies and how we take care of those. Because I think this verse is not just talking about our spiritual life, but it's talking about who you need to be and the new you physically and who we need to become, and and honestly, this is way more this morning than, than you need to go get in shape, or you maybe need to lose some weight, or you need to get healthy. It's not really about that. It's really bigger than that, and maybe that's a part of your story, and maybe there's some things that you need to work on, but really, the idea of what God desires for us with the body that he's given us is so much better, or so much bigger than just get in shape, or go work out, Because really what God desires for us to do is to be able to to take the body that He's given us and begin to use it to do extraordinary things with the life that God has given us. To take care of the body that He's given us, to maximize it, because honestly, I think you all recognize this, you just get the one. Right? I know there's some new movies out there where there's some... We just get one. Right? We get one body, that's all we get, and God said, listen, take care of this. And so it's our responsibility to care for the physical body that we've been given to get the most out of it out of the life that God has given it because God cares about you and God cares about the physical health of your body and a huge part of the reason that God cares about our physical body is because of the effort and because of the detail that he put into creating us there were some words that were written thousands of years before Jesus even came to earth uh, written by a guy by the name of David and David was speaking to God and he wrote this David said, you, God, made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. And my guess is that most of the guys in the room, uh, as you were a kid, as you were growing up, uh, you probably built some model cars. You know, you got the little box and all the pieces and you had to snap them apart. Or maybe you got a model airplane and you had to break all the pieces apart. And then you had to glue them all together and follow the directions. And maybe there were some gals in the room that did the same thing. Uh, Growing up, I don't remember ever building a model car. I don't remember ever putting together a model airplane. I only remember in my life building one model. And it just so happened to be that the only model I ever put together was C-3PO from Star Wars. And the reason that that is so weird is if you know my story, I've never actually even seen Star Wars. Somebody at a birthday party apparently had seen Star Wars, and so he brought it, and I didn't really even know what it was, but I was like, all right, cool. So I spent all kinds of time putting together my C-3PO model, and I, you know, I, d- I didn't know how this robot even really looked, so I spent all this time kind of studying it and knowing where the buttons went and knowing where the knobs went and trying to piece all the, everything together without gluing my fingers together and, and all of those things that go into building a model. And it was a pretty complex model. I was in fifth grade and it took me a lot of time and when it was finally done, I had C-3PO finished and I stood him up and I was so proud of my accomplishment. I had finished, I had put together my C-3PO and I I took him upstairs and I put him high up on a shelf in my room where my brothers couldn't play with him. There was no way I was going to let my little brothers break what I had just completed. We had a dog at the time. There was no way I was going to let C-3PO hang out anywhere low where Barkley could chew him to pieces. I didn't even care about Star Wars. Like, I don't even know. I was just excited about the fact that I had built this thing. And anybody else might have walked in and looked at it, and they're like, oh, you got a model from Star Wars, big deal. But I knew him well. I knew how complex he was. I knew how intricate he was, and I cared about him because I had put him together. And what we have to recognize is that God feels the same way about you. He was very intentional he was very careful he was very thoughtful as he designed you and so then how you and i treat our bodies how you and i care for what god has built matters it's important to him and even with all the medical advancements that we know and everything we understand now about the human body we have to recognize that god is our creator and he knows us best and so what I want to give you this morning is sort of the foundation for this topic, and I want to look in the Bible and really sort of establish three truths about your physical body, three truths about who you are and about what God created. And what we have to understand and we have to recognize, these truths did not come from Dr. Oz. These are not from Richard Simmons. These are, these are true. Does anybody know Richard Simmons? If you're old enough. <laughs> if, you're, if you're younger than me, you're like, who? Jillian Michaels, does that help? Jillian Michaels is that Jillian? Anyway, these truths all come out of the Bible, all all directly speaking to what God feels about our physical bodies. And they're listed in your message notes. The first truth is this. The first truth is that your body was created by God for God. Go all the way back to the very beginning of the Bible, and it reveals that that you and I, we are God's greatest creation. God's the human being, is his greatest creation. Genesis 127 explains that we were created in God's image. And if we're created in the image of God, that means that there's something special about who we are, even about our physical bodies that reflect a bit of who God is. And that reflection of who God is means that you and I, through the way that we care for our body, can actually bring glory and honor to him. We weren't created for our own gratification. Really, what we were created for was for God's glorification. You and I were created by God to honor him, to help fulfill his purpose in the world through the life that he gives us. He's created us for a purpose. Another letter written by Paul early on said this. It says, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. We're a part of everything that was created. And what we have to see is that, that God didn't just create the mountains so that we could enjoy their beauty. And he didn't just create giraffes and anteaters so we could get a good laugh from time to time. They're weird looking. Right? He didn't even just create the universe to reveal how powerful he was. He created all of that for himself. He created all of that for himself, by himself, and his desire ultimately in all of that was that you and I would understand that he desires a relationship with us. That's what he created us for. He created us to be in relationship with him, and then he created all of the other things to point us towards that relationship. But ultimately, the focus of all of God's creation, his plan was that you and I would know him and that he would know us. And I think we can all recognize that without a body, without our physical body, that is not possible. And the longer that we maintain our body, the greater that relationship we can have with Him. And the beautiful truth that you need to understand is that you are not an accident, you are no mistake. You were created by God, and you were created for God and to be in relationship with Him. The second truth that we need to understand is that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, From time to time, there's people outside of the church. Uh, people that aren't followers of Jesus that would say um, Christians are weird. Uh, Maybe you've heard that, or somebody might say, oh, those people that follow Jesus, they got some really wacky ideas, some really odd beliefs. And when people say that, what we tend to do is we get all bent out of shape. We get offended. We're like, oh, I got to defend my faith because it all makes sense. Nothing is weird. (laughs) But then there's this stuff, right? Like, I think we probably have to admit... If, if this was the first time that you've heard this, or, or maybe you're here in this morning and you're hearing this for the first time, you're like, dude, that sounds strange that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That, that seems weird. And if you heard me mention this point, if you heard me say your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and you're like, yep, that makes sense. No, you've just been in church a long time, <laughs> right? Like, it, it, you've just been around for a while, But even though it sounds weird, and even though it sounds strange, it doesn't mean that it's not true. It actually doesn't mean that it's not incredible. It's a remarkable gift. It's an amazing opportunity. (coughs) Excuse me. The reality is that when you and I choose to follow Jesus... When we decide to be a Christian, when we ask God into our life, when we ask God to save us, when we ask him to be the leader of our life, what happens is this remarkable occurrence where the Bible describes that God's spirit enters into our life. And as he enters into our life, as he enters into who we are, into us physically, he begins to direct us and his spirit begins to be there to offer his peace and his presence and begins to lead us through life. And our body ultimately is the place where the Spirit of God resides. Again, Paul describes it this way. Excuse me, I'm going to take a drink. (coughs) Paul says this. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God (coughs) with your body. Paul is basically reminding, he's saying, listen, Jesus died on the cross He paid the price for your body He paid the price for your soul And when we accept the fact that Jesus died for us When we accept that into our lives We have to recognize We don't live for ourselves. We don't belong to ourselves anymore As a Christian, as a follower of Jesus We now belong to God And our desire needs to become That we would honor God with the body That he's given us And that what we do with our physical body And how we treat it matters to God and we can have a great impact on what God wants to do in our lives and through our lives based on how we care for the body that we've been given. And, and really, it's just on loan. Really, your body, it's just, it's just yours to use for a time. You know, Hopefully 60, 70, who knows, maybe 90 years. We don't know how long we get to use it, but ultimately, God's like, this is the body that I'm loaning to you, and it's up for you and I to care for it. It's up to you and I to figure out how are we going to honor God with us, with what he's given us. And what we have to recognize and what we have to see is that how we take care of our body, it's, it's a spiritual, it has spiritual significance. Because our bodies, our lives, are where the, it's the temple of the Holy Spirit, it's where He resides, He lives within us, He directs us, He leads us, He encourages us, He strengthens us. And so then it's our responsibility to take as much care of what God has provided, with, uh, provided to us and where God resides. It's our responsibility to care for that. And then the third truth about our body is this, is that God will bless you when you take care of your body, sorry. <coughs> I'm going to try and drink some water for just a second. Fighting a cold. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <coughs> kind of funny. On the morning, I'm talking about taking care of your body physically. <coughs> fighting a cold. Anyway, uh, last night, So God will bless you when you take care of your body. When we take care of the body that God has blessed us with, what happens is we have renewed health, and we have renewed energy, and we have increased endurance, right? When you, when you when you take the time to go to bed early enough that you get a good night's sleep and you wake up feeling rested and energized, that was God's design. That was God's intention that if you and I give our bodies enough rest, it restores itself. That's a blessing from God. That's not just some accident, and when we recognize and see that, that if we eat food that, that fuels our body and gives us strength and gives us energy as opposed to eating things that, that cause us to feel heavy and sluggish and weighted down, when we eat the right things and our body responds in the right way, that's God blessing us for taking care of what he's given us. And maybe this morning you're like, well, I got some physical limitations, things that prevent me. You know what? That, that actually doesn't reduce this truth. This actually might make that truth more important. As I'm discovering, the older that I get, the more important it is that I take care of my body because growing up, I was an athlete and I take care of my body, but I put it through some tests. I have broken so many bones and I have had so many different surgeries there. And what I'm recognizing is that, that God will bless when I'll take care of the body that he's given me and all of the aches get a little less achy when I take care of my body and all of the creaks creak a little bit quieter when I do the things that I need to do. And what you and I will experience is that there's a positive side where, where God wants to bless the efforts that we put into taking care of our body. It's not just a, it's not just a random thing. It's, it's God saying, listen, if you care for what I've given you, I've given you a body that will actually restore and be healthy if you'll take care of it. The opposite side of that is true. When we don't take care of it, when, we, when we're not smart with what we do, our body and the things around us will begin to decay. In fact, the book of Proverbs kind of speaks to this idea. Proverbs writes this some wise sayings. It says, Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat. For drunkards and gluttons become poor, and drowsiness clothes, the, clothes them in rags. It's basically saying, Listen, heads up. You, you, could, you could drink or you can eat, but if you overeat and if you overdrink, it is going to impact your situation. In fact, if you do too much of these things, he's saying, listen, you will have less money and you will be exhausted and you will become lazy and your life will become rough if you choose this option. And what we have to recognize is that we can't choose poor choices within our physical health and then be mad at God if he isn't fixing everything. If we're doing things that destroy our body, God's like, okay, it's yours, it's yours, you you could do that, it's just going to destroy it. But each and every day presents a new chance, like you and I can't go back and fix anything that we've done in the past, but each and every day presents a new chance for us to make healthy decisions, to make choices where we're going to give God the best chance to bless the body that he's given us. And he's created and he's designed us with a way that we can take better care of it, and as we take better care of it, it repairs itself and we begin to follow what God has established and it begins to allow us to reach places where we can take better advantage of what he's created. Because you and I weren't designed to get little bits of sleep. You and I weren't designed to just be lazy and lay around. You and I weren't designed to overload our system with, with foods and liquids that are difficult to process. We were designed to make better choices than that, and when we do that, God blesses. Because when we make choices that aren't healthy, we're simply reducing our natural ability of restoration and healing and the recovery that God has designed in the way that God wants to bless us. And the greatest way that we can pour into that blessing is to make those choices and get the most out of the life that we've been given. given. So there's three biblical truths, and out of those three biblical truths, I want to shift over some new decisions. Three decisions that you and I need to make towards the new you physically. Because ultimately, this message, this isn't a message about what you do with your body in terms of what your body looks like or what your body shape is. This is no Peloton ad. This is really... You guys on social media, you guys seen the Peloton ad things, right? No body shaming here. Uh, this This is bigger than that. This is bigger than really what you look like. What we're talking about, we're talking about how do you make the most out of the body that you've been given? How do you pursue a healthy way to live so that you can actually do the things that God is calling you to do and pour into the family that God has given you and the relationships that are in your life? And so my hope is that maybe this will challenge you to get on track. Or maybe this will challenge you to get back on track, to start making the changes that you need to make based on where you're at in life and the situation that you're in in life to begin to take some small steps each and every day that will begin to lead to a big difference in your life in the future. So the first decision that we have to make, the first decision is we have to decide to acknowledge temptations that are destroying you. Because unless we're honest with ourselves, unless we really take time to acknowledge the temptations, the things that catch our eyes, the things that cause us to make decisions that are unhealthy, until we take time to actually acknowledge those things, we'll never improve. And unfortunately, within the American church, uh, we're known for picking temptations that, that we want to make a big deal of and then overlooking other ones that we're like, eh, that one doesn't bother us so much. <coughs> Excuse me. We make decisions um, that, that we, we kind of overlook the decisions that will impact our health and our bodies, and we don't think about those so much. We don't talk about gluttony. We don't talk about overeating. We like to talk about pride and lying and those kind of things. But really, overeating and overdrink, those things are going to destroy our lives just as quickly. And we just kind of give a wink and a nod. Oh, yeah, eat, 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 whatever. Don't work out. Don't, don't, yeah, don't worry about it. But really, if we're not taking care of our bodies, it can have as big of an impact and prevent us from being available for the, for the mission that God has for our lives. It could be all kinds of different temptations. It could be the temptation to just avoid exercise. It could be the temptation to just just be inactive. The temptation might be the games and the videos on your phone that you just sit around and just don't move forward. The temptation might be to drink too much coffee, or maybe the temptation is to drink too much alcohol, or maybe the temptation is to drink too much soda, or maybe the temptation is to drink too many ice cream shakes. I don't know. Could be anything. Could be sexual. It could be that there's a temptation to to not honor God by having sex outside of marriage. Going to impact your body. It could be be a temptation towards pornography that's going to impact your marriage. There's all kinds of temptations that draw us away that ultimately can have an effect on our physical health. And all of these temptations ultimately lead us away from what God has designed for us to experience and the health that He wants you to experience in the new you physically and where He wants to take you and So let's just, we'll go to confession time for me. Ready? This is always a little dangerous. (coughs) For me personally, I'm working hard to exercise. I'm trying to exercise just about every day, and I'm pretty good at it. I either go for a walk in the morning, which just means I'm getting old, um, or I go... (coughs) Like, I went for my walk today. Um, anyway, so I either do that or I go over to the rec center and they've got this really good stretching yoga Pilates class that's pretty cool. I've been trying to come play basketball on Thursdays. I try to be care- Like those kind of things, careful what I eat. I do a pretty good job. Where I honestly really struggle, it's at the end of the day. I get to the end of the day, and I've gone through all kinds of meetings, and I've made all kinds of decisions, I've had conversations, some of them are really difficult, I will look at a lot of emails, I spend a lot of time studying, so really, my day is consumed with my mind at work, my mind is just processing constantly, so when I get to the end of my day, late, 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 I'm ready to relax, and in that moment, I have a tendency to just say, well, I'm just going to watch a little TV now, just going to zone out for a little while. And if I'm not careful, I just give in to it, and all of a sudden it gets later and later and later. I end up limiting my sleep. That's my struggle, and if I don't recognize it, if I don't acknowledge, this is my deal, this is what I've got to work work through, I have to become aware of it, and I have to begin to set up some strategies. I need to hide the remote, or ask my wife to hide the batteries for the remote, whatever it would be. (laughs) But begin to set up some better boundaries for myself begin to set up some better expectations for myself so that I get the rest that my body needs so that I can restore and be all that God has given me. Jesus spoke this way about temptations. Jesus said this. He said, Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Likely that is a familiar statement for many of us. The mind wants to do it. The the spirit desires to do something, but oftentimes the body is just so weak that, that we give in to it anyway. Because on our own, we're just not that strong. Rarely are we able to just see a temptation and be like, eh, no thanks. And so when there's a temptation that we face, what we have to really do, really the best way to defeat a temptation is to avoid it completely or remove ourselves from it. Typically when that temptation comes into our face, it's so hard to walk away from. So maybe we have to make decisions that actually remove the temptation before it's even there. So if for you, junk food is a struggle. Avoid the aisle when you go to the grocery store. You know where it's at. Just avoid the aisle. Or maybe just make sure whatever you... Don't let it get in your house. Maybe it's something for you. It's like hitting the snooze button repeatedly. Preventing you from getting up and working out or doing the things that you need to do. Put your phone on the other side of the room. Put it across the room where you gotta have to get up, where you can't hit that snooze button, where you can't face that temptation. Maybe there's a friend that's encouraging you towards activities that are just unhealthy. Making decisions that aren't leading you to what you need to be. So maybe you have to get rid of that relationship. Put some parameters in that relationship so that it's not unhealthy. Excuse me. Maybe it means for you, maybe there's some things you do on your computer that you shouldn't be doing and you need to add some filters. Excuse me. Maybe you need to delete. This is where I, I delete apps all the time. Like this one's just eating up my time. This one's eating up my time. Delete. Maybe for me this is what I'm looking at. This is what I'm thinking I'm going to do from now on. When I at night when I desperately want to watch TV, I got to find a book. I tell you what, reading just puts me to sleep. <laughs> <clears throat> so maybe that's the deal. Maybe I just you know I'll let my mind unwind. I'll read some kind of something and it'll just I'll just go to bed and not stay up so late. But our body is weak and if we don't put boundaries if we don't recognize the temptation it will be so critical We won't what will lead us into something we don't want to do So we have to figure out ways to acknowledge those temptations and then put them aside so we can move forward Second decision that we need to make is that we need to decide to focus on the future rather than on the instant And really what this breaks down is to a word uh, that we don't like very much It's a word that we tend to associate with negative things Um, It's the word discipline oftentimes when we think of the word discipline, we think discipline is all about punishment or all about corrective action. But if we can begin to see that the word discipline is positive and recognize the benefit from discipline and recognize and realize that that discipline is really about having more at the end than having a little right now. If we can begin to see that discipline is a good idea, then we'll begin to drive towards it more. Because discipline is ultimately saying no to something right now So that we can reap something greater later on, either for us or for others. I mean, really, discipline is saying, listen, the instant gratification of this decision, I'm going to say no to this right now because I wanted something even greater later on. Recognizing that if I would say, "Ah, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to watch TV again tonight. I'm going to get better sleep. And then tomorrow, I'm going to be able to do even more of what God calls me to do. And really, one of the greatest enemies to you and I getting to where we need to be physically is instant gratification it's way easier to say yes right now. But we have to recognize that every time we say yes to something right now, it means we're giving up something later on. (coughs) I'm so sorry. Ultimately, discipline is just you and I recognizing that what we have in front of us is something that we can delay for later on. Paul wrote this. Paul said, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified He's saying, listen, no athlete sets out goals and then just overnight achieves them. No athlete just works out once a month and gets to where they want to go. It's a matter of you and I setting the goals out in the future of where we want to go, what we want to accomplish, how we want to feel, what we want our bodies to be able to accomplish, and then setting goals each day that allow us to reach that accomplishment down the road. And giving up some things now so that we can move forward. And, and last week we talked about the idea, we don't have to start with huge, crazy, bold moves. It could be that I'm just going to say, you know what, I'm going to watch one less show a night. I'm going to get 30 more, 30 more minutes of sleep. Maybe for you what it means is you have to take the ice cream scoop and store it somewhere that in order to get the ice cream scoop, you've got to pull out a stool and you've got to move a bunch of items away. Maybe you need to tell a friend about the limits that you're setting for yourself when it comes to drinking alcohol and then give them permission to ask you if you're living up to those standards. The chances are really good that you already know what it is that you need to establish in your life, the discipline that you need to create. My guess is that God, or just on your own, you're beginning to process what are the goals that I need for my life? What are the action steps that I need to put in place? And begin to recognize that if God points out something for us, If God has a goal for you in mind, if God has something that he wants you to change, he isn't expecting you to take God-sized action. Honestly, God desires for us to take small steps each day. Because if we'll take small steps each day, it'll get us so much further than just trying to make one big leap at a time. But small steps each and every day. And last week, again, I just encouraged you is to set some spiritual goals for yourself. And, and this week in your message notes, there's not a lot of room, but, but I would just challenge you to think through, what is it? What's the, what's the goal for you? What is the one thing that you need to be thinking about in your life, the one goal that you can begin to set? You don't need to create lots of goals. Create one goal. Create one small goal that you can probably achieve really soon. And then as soon as you achieve that goal, celebrate that, recognize what God has allowed you to accomplish, and then set another goal that you can hit again really soon. And just keep building on a goal after a goal after a goal. And then the last decision that you and I need to make is we need to decide that it's honoring to God when we care for, your, for our body. Recognize that what God has done for us and what God has provided for us, when we take care of it, it's honoring to Him. That you and I have the opportunity to recognize that it's more than just choosing to be healthy. It's more than just choosing to do what's right. It's really an opportunity for us to recognize that each and every time that we make that right decision, that healthy decision, we're truly honoring God with that decision. So tomorrow morning when my alarm goes off and I have the opportunity to get up and go for a walk, I can either just get up and take a walk through my neighborhood Or I can get up and recognize that I get to go for a walk and I get to honor God with that process Suddenly my walk goes from just walking through my neighborhood All of a sudden now my walk is something that is honoring to God And so each and every one of the decisions that you make Each and every choice that you make to be healthier or to make better choices If we'll recognize that it's more than just a decision It's an opportunity for you and I to honor God with the body, with the physical uh, qualities that he's given us. Again, listen to what Paul wrote. (coughs) Paul wrote, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Can you imagine, on Friday... When Linda brings donuts to the office, I don't know if it's Linda at your place, but if somebody brings donuts to the office and she lays them out on the desk and you walk up and you're like, should I have two or three? You could could choose one donut and recognize that the desire is for so much more and choosing one donut could actually be worship. Saying, God, I'm going to honor you. I want so many. I'm just going to have a donut. And again, tomorrow when my alarm gets up and I go for that walk, I can walk or I can say, Jesus, I'm going to honor you with this walk. How incredible is it if you and I begin to recognize that, that putting down the remote or increasing the water that we drink or choosing to take the stairs over the elevator or choosing veggies over french fries or, or avoiding situations where we consume too much alcohol or whatever it be, how incredible to recognize that we can choose to make those decisions And it's actually an opportunity for us to be honoring God and acknowledging that we value what Jesus has done for us. Recognizing that He he died on the cross to help us become a new person and it's an opportunity for us to worship Him and make decisions that are so much greater than just saying, I need to hit the gym. But recognize it's an opportunity for you and I to honor God with our lives and ultimately be able to accomplish all that He has for us in our lives. Whatever it is for you this week, uh, we put these green connect cards in your program and we just really challenge you to think through what is it that you need to do based on what you've heard this morning to really reflect and determine for yourself what is God calling you to do? So maybe for you this morning, your next step is to continue with the process of memorizing 2 Corinthians 5.17. It's just that first verse that we've been fo- focusing on, on this concept of the new you. Maybe your next step is to identify the truth about your body that you struggle to believe And then ask God to help you accept that truth. Maybe your next step is to establish one physical goal for 2020. Decide to keep it simple, keep it short. And then maybe your next step is you need to find a friend that will hold you accountable to the physical goals that you create. Whatever it is, I would just challenge you to respond to whatever God is saying to you this morning. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much that you've, you've entrusted us with the body that you've given us. God, that, you, that you've that you given us the opportunity to care for it, to make decisions that will allow it to function as as best as it can. God, would you help us to see that, that when we make these decisions with how we choose to live and the way that we treat our body, God, that ultimately it could be a way to honor you. God, for those of us in relationship with you, would you help us to understand the value of the fact that you live within us, that your Holy Spirit resides within us, and when we're caring for our body, ultimately, God, we're caring for the temple that you live in. Thank you for that. Thank you for the fact that you guide us and you lead us and you direct us. Help us as we look to make some decisions that will help us stay physically healthy and take care of the body that you've given us. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.